Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Thank you for tuning in to Champion at the Bit. This is episode 29. This episode, we take a look back at week six to recap of what I uh, witnessed. Uh, we're going to. No, oh, so last episode, I talked about, you know, the segment I'd been thinking about where, you know, I'd go for a couple minutes and just I speak my mind or just vent about something that, that I watched in the sports world. I said I was going to wait some days, maybe even next week, but I decided to do that this episode, so I'm going to debut that. I would have waited, but the team that, you know, I'm going to vent about, I couldn't wait another week, so hope you have fun with that. Stay tuned. And then after that, just kind of broad observations from the weekend in football that I noticed. And then, of course, we have to end the episode reviewing my week six picks see how well i did so with that let's get it kicked off so the jets i'm sure most of you have seen them play but what i've noticed is an absolute joke in the nfl how one team can look that bad baffles me like just put on you know what if you haven't watched them play go to youtube hit up like the nfl channel check out one of the highlights of their games and then you'll understand what i'm talking about here so do you realize that in a league where scoring is off the charts the jets only average 12 and a half points a game how is that possible defensively at least they're following the trend because they're giving up 31 points a game. So, you know, with scoring up, sure. But 12 and a half points, you're getting outscored by over two. I mean, yeah, by over two touchdowns a game. How? How is that possible in the NFL? You look at the quarterback position, uh, they have had, they started with Darnold. Darnold's been hurt. Because he had no weapons and the offensive line's terrible. He got hurt. They brought in the... I guess they reanimated Joe Flacco, brought him out there. Now, if you haven't seen Joe Flacco play, Joe Flacco hasn't been a good NFL quarterback in I don't know how long. I guess that Super Bowl year with Baltimore, which now looking at his career, clearly was a joke. He's been like Denver since then Denver couldn't run him out of town fast enough he was a backup in Baltimore before he ultimately went to Denver now he's with backup with the Jets only playing because Darnold got hurt at least Darnold's young and there's an you know still growing there but Flacco is what Flacco is not that good 
So between the two of them, 56% completion percentage. Once again, today's NFL, terrible. I mean, 56% might get you in the Hall of Fame back in like Joe Namath's day, but today, quarterbacks are supposed to be, I believe it's like 65% to be considered decent. Okay, 65 might be a little high, but you have to be at least 60%. Now, if you're looking at the quarterbacks, naturally you have to look at the offensive system. Naturally, you look towards the head coach. Adam Gase got this job because he was supposed to be the quarterback whisperer or some crap like that, which was a complete lie because when he was in Miami, he was 23 and 25 as a coach. The Jets would take that at this point because he's actually 7 and 15 as the Jets head coach. I don't understand why he still has a job. Jet fans, if any of you are listening, maybe you could tell me because I have no clue. I thought once Atlanta got rid of Dan Quinn, Houston got rid of Bill O'Brien, maybe the Jets would wake up, was it like Woody Johnson's the owner? Maybe he would have gotten up one day and been like, you know what? Everybody else is firing the coaches who aren't performing. I've had a coach who hasn't performed for the two years he's been with, been with the Jets. Let's get rid of him. And if they do get rid of him, they might as well get rid of Greg Williams too because I don't even know how he's a defensive coordinator, coordinator in the NFL anyway. He had the Bounty Gate scandal when he was the Saints defensive coordinator. I think he had some thing when he was with the Redskins. Well, formerly Redskins. They're now the Washington football team. But So they can't fire Gase promote Greg Williams because that's that's like you know same book different chapter two guys just not cutting it and then back with Gaze it seems like when he leaves teams that's when players actually get better as weird as that seems he was in Miami middle of the road Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback everybody thought Tannehill was a bust have you seen Tannehill in Tennessee? Looks pretty good. He had, um, was it Devontae Parker? Looked like a bust when Gase was there. Now you watch the Dolphins play. Parker is a pretty good wide receiver. And it just keeps going from there. So I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Gase in New York and Darnold became an all-pro. Well, probably not because the Jets have shown over the even before Gase, the Jets have been in trouble. But at least with Todd Bulls was their coach, the team played hard. Defensively, Bulls had his defense playing well. They kept the team in games, just that the offense wasn't that good. They couldn't get over the hump and win a lot. I mean, for the Jets, I'm sure they'd rather take that than what they're getting right now. And me, being a Patriot fan, I remember Patriots-Jets, great rivalry in the AFC East, even when you know, look back to like Belichick versus Rex Ryan, you know, Rex Ryan with, you know, his loudmouth self, adding intrigue into those matchups, Belichick just being Belichick, and, you know, you got the game where Rex Ryan brought his team into Foxborough, 
beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Bart Scott went off into the game. Tumbo can't wait. They can't stop a paperback. Stuff like that. You know, it's good stuff. Even before that, you had Pete Carroll going up against Bill Parcells. Then I think Belichick went up against Parcells as well. But those were great games also. You know, Patriots had Curtis Martin with Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells leaves New England, goes to the Jets, brings Curtis Curtis Martin over there, uses Curtis Martin against the Patriots, kills them for a few years. It was great to watch. Now, every Jet game, complete blowout. I mean, if you want, like, guaranteed money, you would put it on whoever the Jets are playing because it's guaranteed that they're probably going to destroy them. So... I don't know where the Jets go from here. I don't. It kind of seems like Gase might finish the year for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe they shock me. They're waiting for the bye. Who knows? I wouldn't have waited. I'd have gotten rid of them like two weeks into the year or something when it looked like the team was going to be terrible. And I'm just waiting for the reports to come out of New York of players, you know, wanting to get out not happy, all that kind of stuff. That's the only thing that needs to come out. Maybe it has, and just nobody cares about the Jets right now. So, and to put the cherry on top, the Jets are the last winless team in the league. Last Sunday, I think it was a couple of winless teams got their win. The Jets still winless, looking like no hope for a win anytime soon. Um, I mean, they just got blown out by Miami. They've been beaten by the Cardinals, you know, teams like that. Like, looking ahead for the Jets, they have to play Buffalo. They have the Chiefs. They got the Patriots on a, what was that? They got a Monday night game against the Patriots. How they swung that probably more Patriots than Jets but that's crazy to me that even past that it's like Chargers Chargers aren't that good but they're like thousand percent better than the Jets and just keeps going down the line and I'm telling you the Jets are probably going to go 0-16 which wouldn't that be fitting and I don't know what they're going to do I have no idea Their top running back is Frank Gore. Frank Gore is like 48 years old. I mean, he's only like 38, but for running back, he might as well be 50. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. He's probably the best offensive player they have right now. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. And even looking at that, like New York football in general is terrible. Well, actually, I can't say that because, you know, you have Buffalo, but I guess New York City with the Jets and the Giants, both teams are terrible. But it seems like the Giants have a lot more going for them than the Jets. And the Giants have, what, one win? Yeah, so. I guess that's all I got to say about the Jets. You know, maybe get lucky and they get banished from the league or something. I don't know. It's not going to happen, but. But yeah, so. That's. That was me just going off on the Jets because. The sad thing is I'm not even a Jets fan and watching them just makes me want to lose my hair. But on to other stuff that happened over the weekend. I mentioned uh, in the Jets rant, Falcons got their first win. So, you know, how about that? And they, you know, Julio Jones, two touchdowns as well. been a while since Julio got into the end zone and you know it was the Vikings the Vikings look I don't know what's going on there Kirk Cousins terrible I mean to see where he's come from you know when he was with the Redskins won a couple of games had that moment after the game talking about you like that you like that turn that into the Viking job had decent success last year, but this year, that team is just... I mean, they don't have Dalvin Cook, so I guess you have to give him that, because Dalvin Cook is a big part of their offense. You know, with him running the ball, makes it easier on Cousins, because we can clearly see that if Cousins has to make all the plays with his arm, he's not that guy. That's not him. So, but yeah, Julio, two touchdowns. Uh, he had that one play, which was, I don't know what was going on with the Vikings defense, but, you know, Ryan rolled out to the left, looked like he was going to run for it. For some reason, the corner who was covering Julio stepped up, I guess, to stop Matt Ryan and just let Julio run past him. I mean, what's he been watching? Matt Ryan isn't Mike Vick. If you have a linebacker in pursuit of Matt Ryan, they'll usually catch him. For some reason, the corner felt like he needed to step up to stop the run. And he just lofted it over his head. Julio made the catch, you know, ran down the sideline. So, two touchdowns for him. It was uh, Raheem Morris's first game as the head coach of the Falcons. And you saw a noticeable difference on TV. The team, well, one, Julio played. 
he sat out with the last couple of games, well, Quinn's last games with the hamstring injury. This game, he was out there from the jump. Looked fine to me. Not saying he was faking an injury or anything. Don't I'm not saying that, but I might be saying that. But it was just interesting to see. Raheem Morris is there. No questions about it. Julio played. Matt Ryan, big day throwing the ball. Defense actually created some turnovers. Uh, was it AJ Terrell had that crazy interception between his legs? I'm still not sure how he kept that ball off the turf, but you know, more props to him. The play calling seemed different. Um, you know, they ran some reverses with Ridley and uh, I don't know. Play calling just looked different. The team had an extra bounce to their step. Like I said, Matt Ryan scrambled for some uh, for a couple of first downs in the game. When was the last time you've seen him do that? So, you know what? For a week, well, for game one for Raheem Morris, definitely gets a A from me. And the Falcons have actually hit a spot in their schedule where the next, like, it's like three games or so are very winnable. So they can turn that, you know, 0-5 start into, you know, 4-5, and maybe even get back to 500 at 5-5. Five and five. You know, they have the Saints game that's a few weeks down the line. I guess that's going to be their first test. But as you've heard me say before in here, the Saints have their own issues because Drew Brees looks every bit of what is he, 39, 40 years old. He looks every ounce of that. So, you know, the Falcon season may not actually be over as we once thought. Put it this way. If they played in the NFC East, they'd be a divisional threat. I mean, stop knocking down the NFC East. But, but yeah, so definitely watch the Falcons the next couple of weeks. They can run a string of three, four games in a row with Ws. I mean, they can kind of hit the reset button on the season and keep, and go from there. Speaking of the NFC East... How about them Cowboys? That's for all you Dallas Cowboy fans. I mean, however many of you there are left. I'm just kidding. There's always Cowboy fans everywhere. But did you watch that game against the Cardinals Monday night? And yeah, Cowboys are a complete mess. My worry is Mike McCarthy is going to get blamed for a lot of this. I think is crazy to me. It's his first year there. He had a, that success with Green Bay, you know. Sure, the Cowboys don't have Aaron Rodgers, but once again, if you if you went on like NFL.com, ESPN.com, or whatever, pulled up the Cowboys roster, you'd look there, you'd look through there, and be like, some names on here. Why is the team as bad as it is? I'll tell you why. One, Andy Dalton had to throw the ball 54 times. When have the Cowboys ever been successful playing like that? Even with Dak Prescott. Would you want Dak Prescott throwing the ball 54 times? No. Because I'll tell you what, you're not winning many games that way. 
But why did Andy Dalton have to throw the ball 54 times? Well, one, the defense can't stop anybody. I mean, I could roll up there with, you know, me and, you know, 10 other people play offense. You know, probably get 21 points off of them. But Zeke Elliott, what has happened to this guy? Now, all of a sudden, he can't even hold on to the football. I, f- I swear, every Cowboys game I've seen, he's fumbled at least once, sometimes twice. And I don't get it. Now, this is the guy who was like two years ago or something. Air was some of the best running back in the league. I mean, I didn't think of it then because all of his yards didn't really equate to meaningful wins, but he's definitely much better than this. I mean, now he just looks like a guy who is kind of disinterested with what's going on down there. Maybe, maybe some of the players, once Prescott got hurt, maybe they came to the realization that the team's no good, even though they were no good with Dak, but at least they could believe in Dak more than Dalton because I mean, Dalton was making some passes last night that were just ridiculous. It was like his first pass of the game. He threw literally right to the Arizona linebacker. Lucky for Dalton, the linebacker couldn't catch, but I didn't know what he read in the defense or which receiver he was even throwing to because it seemed like the nearest receiver, he underthrew them by like six, seven yards. So, but like I said before, with all of that, the Cowboys are two and four and they lead the NFC East. If the team wins the NFC East and they get to seven wins at this point, I'm going to be surprised. And you're going to tell me that if it like, let's say a team wins that division six and 10, or you know what? Maybe the Eagles win it at but six, nine, and one. And they're going to get awarded a home playoff game in the first round of the playoffs. I think that's an absolute joke. The NFL should look into that rule for situations like this. So let's say, oh, let's throw out a team. Um, how about Tampa Bay? Let's say Tampa Bay is the wild card team uh, in the AFC. And they get matched up with the Cowboys. And let's say the Bucks, you know, are like 11 and 5. The fact that an 11 and 5 team would have to travel to a 6, 9 and 1 or 6 and 10 team to go. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula, infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp, helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then, open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. 
go on the road for a playoff game seems ridiculous to me. I don't see why the NFL can't adopt. Um, I think the NBA went to that switch. It was like three, four years ago where, yeah, you win your division. You are, you know, like a top seeded team, at least the top four. But that doesn't guarantee you. I think they still do get a home playoff series. But at least in the NBA, it used to be, you know, one, two, three, automatically to the division winners. They stopped that. So now the third division winner can actually finish fourth in the uh, conference standings. Then that way they still have a harder road to the conference finals or whatever. I think the NFL should probably use that system or completely take the home game away from them. I mean, some people say, well, that's not fair. They won their division. I don't care. If you're a six-win division winner, what business do you, even a seven-win division winner, what business do you have hosting a playoff game? And it's not like that division is murderer's row because every team in that division is trash. But yeah, so I guess focusing more on the Cowboys here. So like I said, Dalton threw 54 times. Do you know how many passes Kyler Murray attempted or completed? Nine. And the Cow- and the Cardinals destroyed the Cowboys. It was 38 to 10. DeAndre Hopkins for like three for three quarters. He only had one catch, 13 yards. Everybody was like, oh, that what's going on there? And then with one play, he exploded on a little. I think it was like a little 9, 10 yard out that Kyler hit um, Hopkins in stride. Then Hopkins took it the rest of the way. Got tackled down around the almost like the 6 or 7 yard line. But the Cardinals just could do whatever they wanted. They ran for over 200 yards only because Kyler Murray was a little erratic with his passes that he didn't complete more. But they didn't really, I mean, any pressure the Cowboys were able to get on Kyler Murray, he slipped out of it with no problem and torched the defense with his legs. Weird fact, he's now what Kyler Murray I'm talking about here. He's what, 6-0 in that stadium from high school to his time in college at Oklahoma and now as a Cardinal quarterback. But, but yeah, Cowboys are in trouble. Luckily, because of their division, they're still in it, but all that preseason, well, there wasn't a preseason, but you know, before the season, all that talk of the Cowboys being a legitimate Super Bowl team, I mean, you could have thrown that out the window weeks ago, but now you can you know, go outside, throw that you know, what, prediction in a barrel and light it on fire because there's no chance of this team doing anything in the playoffs. There's actually some doubt they may even make the playoffs. Who knows? If the Eagles get some bodies back, maybe they win that division. I don't know. But, but yeah, the Cowboys are a complete mess. Makes me smile only because I can't stand them being called America's team when they haven't done anything in like 25 years. And, yeah. So, there you go, Cowboys. Have fun with that. Continue to watch that every week. And that's another observation. 
the Buffalo Bills. So when the Buffalo Bills are 4-0, and they were leading the division by like a game and a half, two games. I think people were ready to give them the division and say, well, clearly they're going to take over with Brady not in New England anymore. But if you've watched the Bills the past couple of games, they are crashing back to earth pretty hard. So that game against the Chiefs Monday... I mean, I know the score was only 26-17, but if you watch the game, it wasn't even that close. Uh, the Chiefs could do whatever they want. Buffalo's offense is basically Stefan Diggs only. Um, Josh Allen, his play has taken a huge step back. Early in the season, he was seen as an MVP candidate. I think I even said that on here. But now... Yeah, you can forget that too. I don't care what he does the rest of the way. He's not getting back into the MVP conversation. Um, But yeah, so 26-17 against the Chiefs. They looked like they didn't belong on the field. Then, of course, the game before that with the Titans, after the Titans had spent two weeks away from their facility, couldn't practice anything, they got demolished in that game. We remember that game with the whole... Uh, Derrick Henry stiff-arming Josh Norman into orbit. I mean, I saw him on the field against the Chiefs, so I guess he's okay. But, but yeah. So, so yeah, that's two games where they've been embarrassed. And then even look before the Raider game. Remember that Rams game where they were up uh, twenty-eight to? I think it was like twenty-eight to three. Then. The Rams made that comeback to go up 32-28. And then Josh Allen led them down the field for the game-winning touchdown. So even looking at that game, I mean, the Bills are lucky to be 4-2. They could easily be... I mean, if you lose that one, you're 3-3. Before that, they narrowly got by the Dolphins 31-28, so... They're definitely a fraudulent 4-2. They're a fraudulent division leader right now. And, like, don't look now, but the Dolphins have gotten a 3-3. Only a game behind them. The Dolphins made that switch to Tua, which I love them for doing that. I think it was week two or so I said, when are we going to see Tua? I get it. You know, uh, Fitzpatrick has looked decent these first few weeks, but... The Dolphins aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. You drafted to a high. You might as well put him out there, see what he's got, what he can do with this team. You know, sure, maybe they fall off and they don't make the playoffs while Fitzpatrick could have gotten them there. But at least you're going to get some good experience for Tua. You know, have him, have him, you know, put him on the Kyler Murray plan. Both guys are shorter in stature they both can use their legs they both have decent arms so you know these what are they three and three so these 10 games right now granted that uh Tua stays healthy is gonna do wonders for him come next year so so yeah so shout out to Miami for doing that love that move you know wish more teams would do that the Chargers did the same thing with Herbert I mean, they haven't won many games this year, but Herbert looks like he belongs. 
So, you know, some of these teams, if you're going to draft your own quarterbacks high, you might as well put them out there. Let them show what they have. Get their, you know, get their lumps, you know, get their bad throws out of the way. Let them learn the speed of the game and just give them some experience. It's not that difficult. Your fan base will love you for it because it gives them something to cheer for. Now, if they go out there and look like they're a complete mess and they stink it up, fine. You can do whatever at that point, but just throw them out there and give them a shot. Because, you know, sure, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for three years or whatever, came in, was pretty good. Not every quarterback's that way. Not every fan base is Green Bay either. Green Bay can kind of stand for a lot. So, so yeah. Shout out to Miami with that. Buffalo, like I said, frauds at 4-2. and two. I mean, you remember last week, I did not put them in my top 10, even though they were 4-1. and Because I recognized a lot in that Tennessee game that told me they weren't that good of a team. And now the Chiefs went in there and beat them. Sure, the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champions, but something is off in Buffalo. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, I think it's more, I guess they have to give, you know, get Josh Allen back to playing how he was earlier in the season. I think Josh Allen needs to use his legs more. Offensively, like I said, Stefan Diggs is like their only pass catching threat. So I'd like to see them develop a second person or even a tight end that Josh Allen can rely on something. But yeah, the way that this is going, you know, the Patriots are two and three, but I'm sure, I mean, for me watching the Patriots, I see that, you know, last week, I'm not going to put too much stock in that. You know, they hadn't played a couple of weeks. They hadn't practiced in forever. Cam was coming back from testing positive for the coronavirus. So I'm throwing that game out the window, but you know, you're looking at the fault. I mean, this coming week, the Patriots play San Francisco. So they get that win. They're at three and three. You know, Buffalo drops another game at four and three. And then that's, you know, little lead that Buffalo would have had to be completely gone at that point. And then you tell me who you trust moving forward. Um, you have Cam Newton, who... You know, we've seen so far this season with the two wins and even the two losses before last week to Denver. The teams played well. They were in every game. Well, the two they won, they clearly you know, were in the game. But the two losses, you know, they lost to the Seahawks, one yard line, and then lost to who they lose to? Oh my God, who they lose? The Chiefs. You know, when. Cam tested positive and then they had to fly out the same day play that night which any team in that situation would look bad so I would trust New England going forward over Buffalo because I've seen Belichick take teams that don't seem as talented as others and still get them far at least to the playoffs when have we seen Buffalo with any success so even Miami Miami is a team that I think I said in my preview that they're a team looking at their schedule and depending on how, 
you know, Tua came along and now Fitzpatrick played early in the year, they could slip in, you know, be sneaky eight and eight. And, you know, depending on where other teams are in the AFC, they could be fighting for a playoff spot. So Buffalo better get your stuff together now. Otherwise, Miami and New England could pass you by years in. I'm just throwing that out there right now. So, so yeah, those are my I guess main observations from the week. You know, some other things I noticed, but I think those are the big ones. And um, but yeah, so now to that point, sure you've been waiting for week six picks. See if, you know, see how well I did. See if I made you some money. I don't know. So, recap: last week went four and two, had a good week, uh, sixteen and thirteen overall. As I say all the time, trying to get to sixty percent by the end of the year. I'm at 50, 56 percent right now. Um, and for those who, for those of you, you know, new to the program. I picked the Thursday night football game, the Falcons game, Patriots game, Sunday night, Monday night. I picked those five games at least every week. Of course, Falcons or Patriots on the bye, then it might only be five games. But past few weeks, I have been doing six games. I did six again this week. Um, I don't just pick the winner of the game. I pick it against the spread. And, you know, quick little teaching moment. If you don't understand the spread, so when I give a line and I say like um, Falcons minus three, so if you're minus whatever number, that means you're the favorite in the game and you have to win by at least that number. If you win and are under that number, it counts as a loss against the spread. Win above that number is clearly a win. Now, on the other hand, if you're like plus three that means you're a three-point underdog so you're expected to lose but as long as you lose by three points or less it counts a win as a win against the spread three or more you lose against the spread hopefully that made sense but <clears throat> let's just go ahead with my picks and you'll probably pick up a little bit on it so the first game was i took the vikings as a three and a half point favorite over the falcons you know, I was going off the whole transition team. You know, maybe they come out a little flat for their new coach, blah, blah, blah. As I said before, the Falcons got their first win. 40-23. Uh, to 23. They looked great in the game, so that was a loss for me. But, okay. So, starting off 0-1. Then, next game, I uh, took the Patriots as an 8.5 point favorite uh, over the Broncos. And that game, I did. I took the two weeks off. I underestimated that. Cam struggled. The offense struggled. The defense actually played well because they gave up only 18 points. And Denver was in the red zone a few times and could only settle for field goals. So, like I said, I'm expecting Patriots to bounce back. But it's a good win for the Broncos. Like I said, they won 18 to 12. Patriots eight and a half point favorite. So that's another loss for me. So 0 2. Next game. Um, now this is the game I did say I was a little worried about, but I took the Jaguars as a three and a half point underdog against the Lions. 
the Lions surprised me and blew them out 34-16. So that's yet another loss. So now 0-3 so far. A little worried. Three more picks to go. Uh, Fourth game, I took the Rams over the 49ers. 49ers were a a three-and-a-half point underdog. Um, So, yeah, also, when I say the team and the plus or minus whatever, that means they were the home team. They always attach the scoring line to the home team. So, just a secondary point on that. So, I took the Rams to beat the 49ers. 49ers plus three-and-a-half. 49ers won the game 24-16. Another loss. So now, 0-4 in the week, which means I'm definitely going to be under 500 for the for the week and be my first week since week two. So clearly that streak's over, but two more picks. Hopefully I can rebound a little. So I took the Chiefs over the Bills. Now the Bills were a three and a half point underdog. So me taking the Chiefs means the Chiefs had to win by more than three and a half points in order for me to get the win. Chiefs did win 26-17. So that is a win for your boy. And so one and four on the week, one pick left. This one was a no-brainer to me. I took the Cardinals over the Cowboys. Cowboys are a two and a half point underdog. And as I spoke about before, Cardinals destroyed them. 38 to 10. That's a win. So, to recap the picks, um, I lost my Vikings over the Falcons pick. Lost my Patriots over the Broncos pick. Lost my Jaguars over the Lions pick. And lost my Rams over the 49ers pick. But I did win Chiefs over Bills and Cardinals over Cowboys. So, I went 2 and 4 this week. That's a loss for the week. I, I'll take that. So that takes my overall record to 18 and 17. So I've moved back down towards 500, but it's okay. I'm not below 500. So another good week next week. I can be right back up there getting close to the 60%. I will get to 60 by the end of the season. I'm guaranteeing it. So. Don't worry. This is one bad week. You know, everybody slips up now and again. So, so yeah, two and four. That sucks, but still over 500. There's your silver lining right there. I'm one game over 500 on the year. And so, yeah, so with that, you know, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed my little vent session to start this the episode off. I know I did. I may do one every episode. I'm sure I can find something that makes me scratch my head in the sports world. So, yeah. So, if you're new here, hope you liked the episode. Um, Definitely like, subscribe, follow. I'm on most of the major uh, podcasting platforms. Except for Audible. So, I sent the last episode. I'm working towards that. And then I did realize I haven't really promoted the YouTube channel. So if some of you prefer listening to this on YouTube, uh, there is a channel. You just look up my name, Kyle Edwards, which is in the logo of the podcast. Go to the YouTube channel. All my episodes are there as well. 
So feel free to go over there and subscribe as well. Um, those of you who've been with me, appreciate you as well. Uh, you know, like, you know, comment, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. But uh, thanks again. And uh, be safe out there. And, you know, definitely catch you the next episode, which, looking down the line, um, college football talks coming. Uh, gave you my World Series prediction, so we will have to look in on that, see how that's going, as well as just some other topics I got ready to go, some more basketball stuff. Since we're in the offseason, we'll be looking at the free agency coming up, possible trades, coaching hires, all that good stuff. So trust me, plenty of episodes to come, and I hope you are ready for them. So like I said, thank you again. Thank you one more time. Uh, Be safe again and catch you the next episode. All right. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.